Some life lessons don't come in convenient packages. They come through trials and turbulent times. We're learning how to grow under pressure today on Bold Steps. I want you to understand that every hardship that comes into your life is not of the devil. I don't want you to give credit to the devil when you're in the middle of the will of God and in the middle of a storm that is testing your faith. There are certain things that you cannot learn in times of calm. You have to learn it in the storm. We welcome you to Bold Steps with Pastor Mark Job. Mark serves as president of Moody Bible Institute and also a senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today we're discovering some powerful principles to help us when we're feeling stressed about money. Mark, you say that no matter where you are or where you're wanting to go, it all starts with what you have. <laughs> you know, I love this passage. It's one of my favorite passages when we are confronted with the sense that there's scarcity in our life. Because in this passage, this person in a very desperate situation, uh, the prophet says to her, what do you have in your house? Not what do you lack, but what do you have? Most of us, Wayne, we are so fixated on what we don't have Mm -hmm. that we neglect what we do have. And it starts not with what we don't have. It starts with what we actually possess. The passage is 1 Kings chapter 17. So turn with us there if you can. And here's the message starting with what you have. I read somewhere recently the top 10 signs that you are broke. So if you're wondering if you're broke today and you answer yes to any of these questions, you probably are broke or close to broke. So some of you say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm broke or not broke. Well, if any of these, if three out of the 10 of these are true of you, then you probably are broke. Don't raise your hand if one of these are true. Just kind of internally in your heart nod. Yeah, that's me. Okay, you might be broke if all your dates happen the first week of the month. It means you don't have any money at the end of the month, so. You may be broke if fast food restaurant napkins have replaced the Scott's toilet paper in your bathroom. You may be broke if that's true. You may be broke if you consider a rainstorm your monthly car wash. Could be broke. You may be broke if at communion you go back for seconds. I think I've seen some of you do that. Can I have another one? Well, you may be broke if you frantically clean under the couch cushions for your bus money. It could be a sign that you're broke if you're doing that. You could be broke if you ask people if they are going to finish their cigarette. You know, you could be broke when you're asking people, hey, can I have the rest of your cigarette? Don't raise your hand if you've done it. I don't even want to see... You may be broke if you think the lottery ticket is a wise retirement investment. You may be broke if your baloney has no first name. You may be broke if McDonald's supplies all of your mustard, mayonnaise, cups, and plastic spoons for your home. You may be broke if that's true. And you may be broke, number 10, if long-distance companies don't call you to switch anymore. They're just, just stop, they've given up on you. You don't pay the bill, so they don't call. I don't know. If you've said yes to one out of the, a couple out of that, those, that list of 10, you may be broke or on your way to be broke. So I realize that today there are people that run the spectrum of 
finance, financial health. Some of you here are so behind on your mortgage, you may feel like I'm losing my house. Some of you here are buying a second house in Florida because you want to do something with all the money you've made and are buying extra. So I realize that some people are really struggling and some people are really overflowing. But if you are statistically like most Americans, chances are that 75% of you here in this auditorium feel like I have money stress in my life. And chances are you feel like you, you're living paycheck to paycheck. So if that's the case, I really want you to listen because I believe that there's some powerful principles that I'm about to give you today out of a story found in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 15. Last week we looked at Proverbs chapter 3, and Proverbs is full of wisdom about money and about finances, and Proverbs chapter 3 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best of everything you produce. I believe this story in 1 Kings chapter 17 tells us how to honor the Lord with our wealth and gives us some powerful principles about looking to what we have first before we look to what we don't have. Have you ever gone through a tollway and realized, boy, I don't have change? And so you ask people in the car, hey, does anybody have change? And everybody's like getting in their pockets and you're getting dimes and nickels and trying to pull together enough change to put in the toll booth so that you can move forward. And the question is, hey, does anybody have change? And everybody's sticking their hand in their pocket to see what they have because what they have allows them to not get stuck but move forward. Today, this message really is about that. It's not about what you don't have. It's about what you do have that allows you to move forward. I'm going to ask that you reach into your imaginary pocket and put your hand around the change and say, what do I have, instead of asking, what don't I have? In 1 Kings chapter 17, there's a story about a widow and a prophet and a crisis. It tells us in, I'm going to begin reading in verse 7, it says, sometime later, the brook dried up. Uh, this story is about Elijah the prophet who was an incredible man of God who was actually taken up to the heavens in a whirlwind as he saw chariots of fire. He had called a drought from heaven so that it would not rain for three years and six months. Now, he had called the drought because it was judgment upon the land towards a king by the name of Ahab and his wife by the name of Jezebel. The God that the people of Israel had turned to was the God, a God called Baal. He was the God of fertility, and he was the God of rain. And so in judgment, God had said, you're going to see who really is God. It's not the God called Baal, but the sovereign God of the universe is God. And he made it not rain for three years and six months, so it sent the entire country into an economic crisis. 
Elijah was by a, a little river, and the drought becomes, became so severe that the river dried up because, he had been, because it says there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon. Zarephath was a town of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Number one, sometimes God leads us into the center of a crisis to fulfill his purpose and his plan. Into the center of a crisis. Elijah was in an economic drought, and God says to him, get up and go to Zarephath. You would think that Zarephath would be a better place to go, but in fact, it was a worse place to go. Zarephath was a town between Tyre and Sidon, ruled by Jezebel's father. This, this town was in the heart of Baal worship, in the middle of the famine, and God asked Elijah to go to that town that was worse off and to go to a widow that was about to die, who was a single mother and had nothing, so he sent him from where he was to a worse place in the middle of a crisis. Now, here's what I want you to understand. If you're going through a crisis today, it may not be that you're out of the will of God. Just because you're in a storm doesn't mean that you did something wrong. Hello. Sometimes God's will is to take you to the middle of a storm. God is not afraid of storms because sometimes we can't learn what God is going to teach us or we can't do what God wants us to do unless we're in the middle of a storm. Do you realize that? Now, some storms we create ourselves out of our naivety, our bad decisions, and our disobedience. But some storms we can't avoid. Some storms God takes us into, and we're in the middle of the will of God, but we're in the middle of a storm because God wants us there. Do you remember the story in Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25? One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. As they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. And a storm came on the lake. The storm was so severe that the boat was swamped and they were in great danger. Now, whose idea was it to get in a boat and go on the lake? Whose? Come on, this isn't a trick question. Who was it? Jesus. Who chose the timing to get in the boat? Who chose the lake that they were going to go on? Jesus led them right to the middle of a storm. And then he fell asleep. The disciples were following Jesus, and Jesus led them into a storm. They weren't out of the will of God. They were in the center of the will of God. Do you realize that you can be right where God wants you to be, but it seems like the boat is sinking. 
It seems like the wind is blowing. I mean, it seems like everything is swirling around you. Do you remember Peter? Jesus was walking on the water, and Peter said, Jesus, call me out. And Jesus said, come, Peter. Peter jumped out of the boat into the storm, and then when he was in the storm, he started to drown. Who was he following? The word of Jesus. I want you to understand that every hardship that comes into your life is not of the devil. That every difficulty you experience isn't because you did something wrong. I don't want you to give credit to the devil when sometimes it's the middle, you're in the middle of the will of God and in the middle of a storm that is testing your faith. Because there are certain things, listen to me, there are certain things that you cannot learn in, in times of calm. You have to learn it in the storm. There are certain lessons about faith and life that will never be tested unless you go through a storm. Some of you are here because a storm brought you to God. Some of you have gained incredible faith because you've seen God take you through a storm. You would have never learned it if you hadn't been through the crisis or the storm that you had to go through. And sometimes God has a purpose and a plan to accomplish things through our storm that we have to just let the storm play out. God called Elijah to go to Zarephath, to the middle of a crisis, to a widow that was extremely poor because he had a plan and a purpose both to bless the widow and to do something incredible by the hand of God. And this message will continue in just a moment here on Bold Steps with Mark Job. But right now, we want to remind you that you can always find these programs and catch up on anything you might have missed by visiting boldstepsradio.org. Or subscribe to our podcast and take these messages with you wherever you go. Just search your podcast app for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job and tap the subscribe button. And by the way, we want to say how much we appreciate hearing from listeners. Your comments, and your messages, handwritten letters even mean so much to our team, and we take the time to read everything we receive. Mark, let's listen together to this. In fact, we actually got some encouraging feedback from one of our listeners in Malawi, Africa, who sent us a voice message that we'd like to share with everyone. He's such a motivating and an inspiring man, and he has literally changed my life, not only my life, but... Uh, life of a lot of Christians, even non-Christians who are able to listen to Transworld Radio, uh, do believe their life have been changed and inspired with his messages which are so inspiring and they give us the, that boldness to claim the benefits and all the, uh, the blessings God has made available to us as Christians. So I would encourage him to continue to teach and preach the gospel with understanding and insight. <laughs> hey, I love that. Andrew, thank you so much for that word of encouragement. Indeed. And I'm planning on continuing to preach the gospel as much as I can. I love hearing from, you know, this brother from, I believe, Malawi, mm -hmm. Africa. Right. Man, yep. what an encouragement it is to know that 
this is being broadcast all over countries in Africa. And thank you for being a part of our listening family, Andrew. He listens to us on Trans World Radio there in Malawi. So indeed, thank you so much. And if you've never reached out before, take a moment today to send us a letter or message online, as this brother did, and let us know you're listening. Just go to our website at boldstepsradio.org. Or now you can give us a call and leave your message. It's even easier now, 312-329-2011, 312-329-2011. All right, let's return to today's message, starting with what you have. Here's Mark. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. So God took Elijah to a place where he had commanded a widow in that place to supply him with food. Before you go to the second point, let me just remind you that sometimes God chooses those who seem to have least to do the most. God commanded a widow who who had nothing, a single mother, in the middle of a famine, in a big crisis, and God said, I want you to go to her Because she is going to supply your needs. Oh, I love that about God. The Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. And God has chosen the things that are not to bring to naught those things that are. That sometimes God will choose the people that seem like they have the least to do the most. God will choose a shepherd boy to kill a giant. God will choose the lunch of a little boy to feed 5,000. You see, God is not limited by the little that you have. God loves to take those who seem like they have little and do incredible things through them because that's the way that God works. God will take a baby born in a manger to save all of humanity. That's the way that God works. Number two, your financial turnaround begins with what you have not with what you lack. Verse 10 says, So he went to Zarephath, Elijah did. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? Now remember, this is the widow who's a single mother, who's in a famine, who has no money, no food, no supplies, no backup, no savings, no relatives that are going to help her out, no pension, no welfare, no link card. All she has is a little oil and a little flour and and a son that she has to provide for. So Elijah asked her for a cup of water. And she says yes to the cup of water. In verse 11 it says, and as she was going to get it, the cup of water, he called out and said, oh, and by the way, can you bring me please a piece of bread? Has that ever happened to you where someone asks you to do a little favor and then it grows bigger? My wife's a master at this. Hun, could you just stop by the Walgreens for a half a gallon of milk? It'll just take a second. Sure, why not? Sure, I'll do that. What kind of milk? And then since you're at the Walgreens, I mean, it's right by the Myers. I really have some more. Could you pick up a few things? All right, I'll go. And then she'll text me, and I'll have 20 items on the list. <laughs> you know, you, you, you ask your wife, hey, honey, can you get me the tissue? I'm not feeling so good. She says, sure, I'll do it. And by the way, 
while you're getting me the tissue, could you make me a cup of coffee as well? Oh, hold on a second. It's like going to the neighbor and the ball gets ca caught on top of the roof and you say to the neighbor, the young man, hey, hey, sir, could you, you know, my kid's here, the ball's on the roof, could you please climb up the roof and get it? Yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then when he's up there with the ball, you say, and by the way, could you check the gutters to see if any of them, take the leaves out of the gutters, check the other side, hold on a second. This widow felt a little bit like that. Elijah says, could you get me a cup of water? And I think she kind of looks at him and says, kind of like, yeah, I guess since you can't get your own cup of water, I'll get it for you. And so she's going to get a cup of water, and then he springs upon her a request that's much more than a cup of water. He asks her for something that's hard for her to do. He asks her for a piece of bread that under normal circumstances seems like it would not be that difficult, but for this woman... All she had was a little flour and a little oil. And so notice her response. It says, and as he was getting, he said, and bring me please a piece of bread. I could just see her head snapping back, looking at him fast. And she says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have, what does she say? Any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. This woman did not know that Elijah's request was about to set in motion a plan that would be the salvation of her future. Some of you think that God hasn't even heard your prayers, but what you don't know is that answers to your prayer are coming your way because God set in motion months ago before you even knew it. You're listening to the first part of a message from Mark Job called Starting With What You Have here on Bold Steps. So make plans to join us for part two on tomorrow's program. And you can learn more about Mark and this ministry when you visit us at boldstepsradio.org. Well, Mark, we are honored to have a very special guest in the studio with us today. And I have to say, I'm a big fan of him and his wife. I am too. You know, some people you meet, you've read their books, and you're a little bit dis disappointed after you meet them. <laughs> it was the absolute opposite when I met uh, Dr. Gary Chapman and his wife. I walked away the first time I met him thinking, that is the most genuine pastoral couple that I have met. And so I walked away thinking, this is the real thing. And so thank you for uh, just being real and um, just impacting so many people. This is a special time that we're celebrating here. Many of you, many of our listeners have read the five love languages, but uh, we're celebrating a pretty big milestone these days. Can you tell us what it is, Dr. Chapman? It's the 30th anniversary of the release <laughs> of The Five Love Languages. The original book, huh? <laughs> which is now sold, they tell me, over 20 million copies, wow. which absolutely blows my mind, wow. you know, what God has done with that book. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and growing out of that book, of course, there's a lot of children that's what I call them, children of that book. Yeah. Like, you know, how does this love language work with blended families and, you know, special needs kids and all those. But also, people kept asking me, 
what's God's love language? <laughs> and I read through the whole Bible. God speaks all five fluently. <laughs> so I wrote a book called God Speaks Your Love Language. <laughs> I love that. And, and tell me the heart of the book. Basically, what I'm doing is just looking at conversion experiences in the Bible and in church history and contemporary and seeing a parallel between people's love language and the way God spoke to them. Mm. Like Saul on the road to Damascus, I think his language was physical touch because yeah. <laughs> that's what God did for him. <laughs> I got love his that. attention. So, yeah, that's, um, so I'm looking at that. And also, once we become believers, we tend to express our love to God in our love language. Mm. So if words is our language, then we're giving God words of praise and thanksgiving and so forth. That's why people are different in their ways they express love to God. Thank you, Gary. And Mark, it's such an honor to offer this book to our listeners, God Speaks Your Love Language. We'll send it as our Bold Step gift today when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org to make your donation or send your financial gift in the mail by writing to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Now, if it's easier or even more convenient, you can give and request the book by calling 844-615-7363. And then before we close today, let me remind you that we'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. You can like or follow us on your favorite social media platforms. You'll find us listed on Facebook and Instagram as Bold Steps Radio. And did you know you can also find Mark's teachings available on YouTube? By subscribing to the Bold Steps channel, you can watch Mark's insightful teaching videos on topics that really matter. Things like marriage, addiction, purpose, and what to do when you simply feel like giving up. So log on to YouTube, search for Bold Steps Radio, and click the subscribe button. If it helps, the website directly is youtube.com slash at Bold Steps Radio. I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to come back tomorrow when Mark continues today's lesson called Starting With What You Have. That's coming up Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.